Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70 Millimeter, a podcast for film fans just like you. With me, as always, is a close friend and artist, Danny Haas. Hello. And our close friend and movie insider, Pert Alexis. Ha 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 Every episode is connected to a theme for that month, and this time it's Torment-tober. Scary movies only, and my pick, there was never, it was never in doubt. My pick was Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 from 1988. And you can use those chapters in your podcast app to just get right to it. Just get right to the discussion if you have to. Mm-hmm. Kyle Avery left a review, tagged at 70mm pod. That's the only tag I search. Quote, Jesus wasn't the only one who wept <laughs> on this viewing. Is Kyle right? We'll find out next. Ahsoka Part 8. Is that Jilly Crystal as Pinhead in the chat? What is that? Excuse wow. me. Oh what my is God. That's terrifying. End of this. I've had that nightmare. Uh, Ahsoka Part 8. The season is over. The show is over. This could be it. Might never be another it. Ahsoka. Just a reminder, patrons get our uncut Ahsoka thoughts. Some people have voiced their concerns about the amount of cursing in these episodes, but these are uncut. We can't do anything about it. Sorry, Tom. But the big story this week. But the big story tonight. What is it? Exorcist Believer <laughs> reviews are in. Oh. Not good. $400 million down the tubes, they're saying, Proto. Our boy David Gordon Green from the Halloween trilogy, which some of us loved, mm. might have a stinker on his hands. This movie cost $400 million to make? Is that what you said? The, the, just, the, they're doing a trilogy. So oh. they sunk in $400 million. Oh my God. For three of these? Yeah, three of these. Oh. Could we not get um, Gareth Edwards as a consultant on this? Yeah. <laughs> out of cut corners. God. Actually, that's not a bad idea. I mean, $80 million for the creator. I got to see that too. We're in, we're in uh, for two more of these. Danny McBride, credited as a co-writer. People are, some people are saying Danny McBride. I don't know if he has what it takes mm-hmm. for these movies. Uh, you know, I could see him though. I could see, I could see them getting in the black with this trilogy. Yeah. Four hundred million. Yeah, I mean, The Exorcist. People love possession. You know, <laughs> they love demons. Spe- I mean, speaking of which, speaking oh. of demonic alignment, did you know that Danny shares a birthday with Clive Barker, and that day is today? And we're covering. Hellraiser, Hellbound. The cards aligned. The puzzle box opened. <laughs> the podcast puzzle box. <laughs> we did it. Um, Pardo, I want to hear about a movie that you watched this week. Okay. And Please. Also, maybe more importantly, I want to hear about more about this impression that you did in this UFO that you <laughs> sent to interns on our Patreon about Tootsie. Mm. Proto did a mm. Dustin Hoffman impression that knocked my <laughs> socks off in this clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me about Tootsie. How'd it go? Well, I'm 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 
closing in on my AFI journey completion. This was, I'm at 97%. Now, oh after watching Tootsie, I have three more movies to go. Um, and Tootsie, I've been trying to avoid this movie. I was thinking, how can I uh, not watch this movie on this list, but complete it? Other than I just, I'm not the biggest Dustin Hoffman fan. I've already watched three other movies uh, on this list from him, but I had, you know, I had to fire it up. I'm a professional. I'm going to watch <laughs> them all. So I just, I just really was like, I'm just going to sit down and do it. So Tootsie is from 1982. It's, it's directed by Sidney Pollack, who actually directed one of my favorite rom-coms, Sabrina mm. from um, Harrison Ford. 1995, Harrison Ford. Amazing picture. Not enough uh, people How many talking minutes? about it. How many minutes long, Sabrina? Let's see. I'm guessing 96 minutes. 127 minutes, a little long Good in the tooth. God. Uh, but we can get through this. All right, let's return to Tootsie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Drifting into Greg Turkington territory. We'll talk about how long the movie is. <laughs> uh, so in Tootsie, Dustin Hoffman plays an... Uh, uh, an actor who hasn't worked in 20 years, but he teaches and he's very good at it. And he's trying to get a, you know, he's always trying to get a, a role. He's auditioning, but he's hard to work with. So his friend auditions for this role. And then he figures he'll audition as well as a woman. So he goes, he nails it, he gets the job. And then it's basically of him having to now pretend to be this character at all times on this uh, soap opera and with the other, his coworkers. So, as a good cast, there's uh, Dabney Coleman's in it, Jessica Lange, uh, and then even Bill Murray's in it, which I, I didn't realize he was going to be in it until he appeared on screen. But, oh, man, the, the Dustin Hoffman as a woman is not good in this movie. Mm, and it's no. the movie. You have to watch him be play a woman the whole time. And it's... It, it just didn't really work for me. And the movie's very dated just in terms of, like, the the aspects of like men and women and how they interact. And I think the story was a mistake. <laughs> the core idea mm. of this movie is a mistake. Uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I feel pressure. I don't think I, I don't think I could replicate the, the Dustin Hoffman. No, you don't have to I can maybe drop in a right clip, here. teaser clip of you doing a Dustin voice. Okay. I'm a woman as I perform on this soap opera on TV. And oh, well, I do things that women should do for themselves. But I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually Dr. Dustin Hoffman. I'm a man underneath. That's, that's what, that's what this movie is about. And it's sick. I gave it two stars. Oh, sheesh. The AFI journey crawling towards the finish line. At this, what's uh, left? I think I've I've had a brisk pace this whole time, personally. What's left though? It's like five films, right? I've got Sophie's Choice. Oh, Meryl Streep, banger, probably hoping. Um, <laughs> Stay tuned. And then I have Robert Altman's Nashville, which oh. I've been dying to watch for years, and then Raging Bull. Oh my gosh, Raging right? Bull! Yikes! Right? Hmm. I'm not sure. We'll say it. Legal might need to have to pull something for this Raging Bull. Well, should we just cover the finale? Raging Bull? Yeah, maybe like to celebrate the finale of your journey, we should cover Raging Bull. There's a 4K of that out, isn't there? Yeah. I think there is, yeah. Criterion. Hmm. We'll, we'll marinate further on this. And then this watch, I, I bet me and Scorsese have the same birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
How long has it been going on for? Do you have the start date written down in a journal somewhere? I don't have it in a journal. Well, I have my letterbox journal. So um, I'm not with the, fr- I think it was sometime in the summer. Or maybe it was like late spring. Wow. I'll have, to, I'll, have to cons- I'll have to consult my letterbox journal. Figure this out. We talked about how like the last week of this month, you know, is a, it's a free, free space. There's an extra mm-hmm. week this month. So we were, I mean, we can at least tease the fact that there will be a vote yeah. for patrons. Yeah. We were previously discussing, you know, what four or so movies should we throw out there for people to vote on and listen. Some of these movies are big time. Proto has the Proto has the list in his journal. Big, yeah. Big. Yes. I do. Uh let's say hello to some new patrons. Mitchell Weston and Dan Shu joined this week. They got access to the VHS Village Discord, discounts on Danny's prints. Um and a whole lots of other stuff. Get a membership card. I haven't mentioned the membership card in a while, but you get a membership card uh, when you join. Mm. Danny, what did you watch this week? Well, we got started on kind of just our, you know, October stuff. Let me see on my letterbox. Oh, like I like to kick off October with some of the Disney animated mm-hmm. shorts from like the 50s and the 30s. Uh, I watched the Trick or Treat, Lonesome Ghosts, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Uh, but then as a fam, well, not as a family, Casey and I, we got, got Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in there. Whoa. Cause that's just, that's a Halloween movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, but then we were talking about on Sunday, I think it was Sunday. We were like, let's watch a horror movie. And I asked Casey what one she hadn't seen yet. So we fired up the Babadook. She hadn't seen the Babadook. Oh. Um, Obviously, we love it. I love it. It's such a is that Casey's such a first fun movie. <laughs> was that Casey's first viewing? Of Her Bob first Duke? viewing. She didn't watch it when we covered it. Thanks, Casey. Um, but now she said she gets to go back and listen to the episode. Mm. Um, other than that, that's kind of been my weekend. I've been dying to get to the theater to see the creator. Yeah, I know I'm going to get to the theater to see the Exorcist. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. big week. Halloween's right around the corner. corner. Halloween's close. Uh, you logged Whoa. Trick or Treat. I did. Uh, I still haven't seen this one. And I feel like I've seen this sack boy <laughs> character on like horror merch for years now. Mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten around to see it. I'm going to cut the little MP3 of you saying sack boy for okay. personal use. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> First of all, amazing transition to ask me what I watched. It's not my um, first podcast. The <laughs> same director as Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Michael Doherty. Oh, really? As Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat, yeah. I don't know what the hell the correct. You can say Trick or Treat. doesn't bother me none. Um, trick or Treat. I remember this being like kind of like one of those annoying movies that some of my friends wouldn't shut up about when it came out. Like one of those cult movies. Like, what's that uh, Christmas... Hot, like Christmas horror movie, Die Hard. In, like exports, rare exports. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that was another movie. Like that, was, some people just like, all right, shut up, just, I'll watch it eventually. So, anywho, I'm older now. You know, I'm more calm, mm-hmm. wiser in my elder age, and it's actually a pretty fun sort of anthology movie. It's a, it's, it's a couple stories, and they're all somehow interconnected in this town. Oh, really? Um, Anna Paquin is in it. Every time I watch it, I kind of forget. Yeah, look at that. Ev just posted a gif of her. I forget that she's in this. Brian Cox is in it. Pretty fun, fun Halloween Brian Cox movie. is in it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Okay. I definitely recommend adding it to your your Halloween rotation. It's a fun movie. Every time I do watch it, it's kind of like I'm half paying attention. I'm doing something else. So I have Mm -hmm. it at three and a half stars, but it is fun. Very fun. Oh, okay. Good to know. Add it to the list, please. I'm adding it. I also rewatched Hellraiser. I know. You had, to had an back. amazing time rewatching Hellraiser. I listened back to our Hellraiser episode. Whew, man, we were cooking. <laughs> we were cooking in that episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, what else did I watch? I watched a movie called The Invitation. You ever heard of this? Yeah. No. Wait, to Proto say yes? <laughs> he did yeah. say yes. Of course. I've really? Heard of the Invitation of Oh my course. God. Okay. Um, this was his prep for the Letterbox show. Karen Kusama is the director. She also did Jennifer's Body. Oh, okay. Um, and she's done, I think she's like kind of moved to doing primarily TV the last couple of years. She did a few episodes of the Yellow Jackets. I was initially hesitant to watch it because like the, the description is Will and his new girlfriend are invited to a dinner with old friends at the house of Will's ex and her new partner. Although the evening appears to be relaxed, Will soon gets a creeping suspicion that their charming host David is up to something. So initially I was like, oh God, is this some kind of like kidnap torture? You oh know, God. you know, prawn kidnap for two hours. Torture. You know, like a snuff film. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that God. one movie I had to watch for Letterbox Show last year or whatever. So Logan Marshall Green is in it. He was like one of the, he was oh. assigned. <laughs> He was the annoying scientist from Prometheus. He wore flip-flops. I literally just wanted to knock him out when I saw that movie. So I was like, oh God, this guy's in it too. And really, I was just annoyed by his character, not the actual actor. Um, easy to get that mixed up. So the backstory of these, this, uh, him and his girlfriend, they're coming to this dinner party and it's at his ex's house, but they're separated because they had a young son who died. Uh, at like a party. There was like some kind of accident. They never recovered from it. They separated. In the flashbacks, he's got short hair. Present day in this movie, he's got like long hair. He's got a huge beard. And his wife and this boyfriend are kind of, you know, the wife is very happy. It's almost like she's kind of recovered in her own way from the grief of this event that's taking place. And... They get there. It seems like they're almost like kind of like new age hippie-ish. And they're like, oh, we just want to play this this video. You know, this, you know, it could potentially change your life. They play this video in front of their friends. It's really awkward. And it's about this group of people that have found peace together after recovering from uh, like a, a difficult uh, period of grief in their life. Okay. And you start to feel like, you know, are these two, what's going on with these two? They're acting really weird. They're playing these videos. They're talking kind of like new agey. Are they in a cult? So it, the whole movie is kind of like Logan Marshall Green being like, I need to get the F out of here. Something is off. Like, why is my wife like this? And it goes from there. Uh, I thought mm. it was really good. I was shocked by it. It's 3.3 stars in Letterboxd. I might give it four stars. It sounds pretty good. Every week we give out a free year of Letterbox patron. Uh, you tag your review 70mm pod. If you tag your review anything else, I never look at it. We have a close personal friend of ours that I won't even name that oh. is still using the wrong tag. It's like 70, 70 mm podcast. It's embarrassing, podcast. actually. Uh, that's not the tag that I searched. 70 mm pod. So Jesse left a review for Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Dr. Chenard would make a killing on cleaning TikTok. How he got those hardwood floors looking brand new, I'll never know. <laughs> 
manages to up the ante in all the key dimensions from viscera and effects to Byzantine world building and vibes of doom. Every horror sequel tries to do this, but few succeed. Two bad things went to shit after this installment. <laughs> so thank you, Jesse. Spoilers. You just want a year of Letterbox patron. Guess I'm not moving forward. <laughs> Should we get into it? Should we get into Hellbound? <clears throat> We're all here for the synopsis. When was the last time Billy Crystal memes took over our chat? Wasn't there like some random event where everyone was posting Billy Crystal memes? Remember that? When we randomly mm. uh, talked about Harry Met Sally. I don't believe that's true. <laughs> uh, this is my pick, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 for Torment Tober. Proto, what is this movie about? Pain. Pleasure. Monolithic. In the aftermath of having her father murdered, de-skinned, and worn by her Uncle Frank, and fighting off sadomasochistic demons from another dimension, Kirstie isn't in a good state of mind. (laughs) Immediately following the events of the first film, Kirstie wakes up in a psychiatric hospital that is unfortunately run by a Dr. Chinark, a lunatic who also wants to open the puzzle box and access the pain of the forbidden dimension. But first the doctor will resurrect Julia and help her suck off nearly his entire <laughs> hospital. <laughs> Using a puzzle-solving child savant, Chanard and Julia enter the Cenobites dimension, followed by Kirsty, who has hopes of finding her father and bringing him back. But oh, what sights they will see in the realm of flesh, hunger, and desire. We are so back right now. Hellbound. It's interesting that this movie is called Hellbound. Hellraiser yeah. 2. You know? There's mm-hmm. a few posters on Letterboxd you can change to that like reverse the order of the words, but well, I'm going with Hellbound is the primary word. Hmm. Well, it's a British production. Yeah, who so knows what they're they, even up to yeah, over there? They do their calendars backwards, too. They pay each other with loonies. <laughs> so last time we did Hellraiser, Danny, you didn't continue the journey. You did not move on, or did you? No, 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 no. I wasn't moving on after the first movie. Didn't think we ever would until. Really? Until you. Right. Graced us. <laughs> until blessed you. Us, <laughs> blessed us with this uh, chance of watching the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this is, this is, this is it. I mean, my only, I think I said in the last episode, my favorite, my thing of like growing up with Hellraiser was I would sneak off at the VHS store to look at the VHS cover of Hellraiser movies and Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street movies because they fascinated me as a kid. Mm. Terrified of this pinhead. Oh, imagine if people vote on Nightmare on Elm Street. What if Nightmare on Elm Street was one of the Ooh. options for our patron vote? Who's brave enough to vote for that? <laughs> wow. Party, you didn't continue the journey. No, I really wanted to, though. There were so many times where I almost fired it up on Tubi, uh, but I never did. I was so close. You mean none of the Hellraisers made the AFI Top 250? 
Maybe the top 250, not in the 100. <laughs> no, you're doing though. the 100. <laughs> I mean, there's like 30 Hellraiser movies somehow. I remember our yeah. friend Chuck, who goes... Somehow Hellraiser returned. <laughs> Whose review was that? Was that, that yours? Was <laughs> you can't tell me that the uh, Dr. Cenobite at the end wasn't an homage. That was that was Palpatine in the last movie with his machine holding him up. <laughs> mm, I had to look up cooler. the actor to see if it was the Emperor. <laughs> maybe it's the same guy. Yo, that'd be <laughs> that would have been nuts. God. Uh, so yeah, we had covered Hellraiser in the past. Go back into our catalog and listen to that episode. And I continued the journey of Hellbound Hellraiser 2. It was also around the same time I started listening to audio commentaries. I think the Hellraiser one was like one of the first ones that I fired up on that podcast feed that just posts director commentaries. And I was just so struck by the actress and... I guess it was Tony Randall or the writer who sat in on the, or Clive and they were, they all have just such amazing memories and it annoys me. Everyone can just remember these things from 20 or 30 years ago. So it made me want to like continue the, at least to the second movie, because as I was saying, our friend Chuck had watched them all and he just had a miserable experience. He said they're all just like diuretic on film. It's awful stuff. Pleasure pain. But I mean, some people say the third one is good. So I'm like, do I watch the third one? No, no, no I don't know. Go. You got to at least give the trilogy a chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, also, what cracks me up about the the poster for the third one, it literally just looks like a, the first movie poster just with a different color, like slightly different color. <laughs> they didn't even right. try. Evan Chat says the third one is her fave. We'll see. Oh. Um, all right, so I will lead things off. We'll Please. rotate around the room our top three notes for the discussion, then we'll end things with our honorable mentions. Um, I mean, where do I even start with this gem of a film? I'll start slow. I love the doctor. Okay. I love the plot yes. of this doctor being like our new Frank. Like Frank had had sex at the wazoo. He needed something more. So he opened the box for something mm-hmm. better, something beyond. And this doctor is like experimenting on on some patients in this dingy basement. And he has, you know, these books in his office. He even has some of the puzzle boxes. Or three of them. I don't know. Or they maybe have replicas, but he's he's reading up on, you know, like secrets of the mind and unlocking those secrets. So I loved the character of the Doctor and how this was like the next phase of the Hellraiser story. Like, what other people out there are searching for what's out there? Inside the mind, in another dimension. Like, they want to unlock what's out there. So continue, at least that part of the story, I found some very compelling parts to the Doctor. Pardo? Oh, yeah. I love the Doctor. First... It's insane that Kirsty goes to a hospital that is run by this guy and he's obsessed with these boxes, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the coincidence of that. The and coincidence. She's, she's like <laughs> in there and she's like, <laughs> I think my dad got sucked into another dimension. And he's like, oh, I've been waiting my whole life to find this. <laughs> it's like, this is what he's like, you know, he spends all of his time for. So like the, the it's a, a match made in heaven. But this guy, his transformation, I thought he was like once he got into the dimension that he was going to balk and be like, oh no, I, I need to get JK. out of here. <laughs> yeah. But he doubles down. Uh, I mean, the scene, my, my favorite line of the movie is when he becomes a Cenobite 
and the like doors open up and he's in front of the thing. And he says, and to think I hesitated. <laughs> <laughs> like this man just got drilled through the skull by like uh-huh. a, a worm. Oh my and God. He's isn't got there, razor wire across his face. Isn't there another, I thought you were going to say the other scene when the doors opened. Isn't there a scene where he's like, the doctor is in. <laughs> yeah. He's like drifting in in midair and his little like head pulling apparatus. Oh my God. Danny had his head, his face in his hands as we were reciting those scenes. I mean, he has to be the only one in the film with a compelling storyline at this point. Mm. I mean, I, he was like the storyline for me, at least. I don't know if anything mattered with Kirsty, but uh, yeah, he's a, he was, he was a fun character. Mm. His office was killer. Oh yeah. Um, How about that? Like basement. No one knows what's going on in the basement of this hospital. Where is like OSHA? He- Everybody, <laughs> it looks like you can see a window from the first floor, like directly above you. Like, how are they not hearing these people yelling in pain? Where does this take place, by the way? New Jersey. <laughs> There's ten <laughs> gallons of water dripping into this basement. No, like, where's that water minute. coming from? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so gross. Good God. Uh, proto number one for you. Um. So I found the expansion of the Hellraiser universe or this story in this movie to be really incredible. Uh, Because often you get, you know, the first in a series and it's like a cool world. Like I remember that you see the matrix, right? And I remember Mm -hmm. thinking like, all I want is like to eat it up and want more of that. And that feels Mm -hmm. so great when you get a sequel and it actually delivers in that way, because more often than not, it doesn't. But I felt the, the way this story expanded on all the ideas around Hellraiser was amazing. Like when yeah. it first, when it said like you saw that they were going to go into the dimension, I was like, oh man, this might be rough. Like, how is this going to look? Mm-hmm. And I loved like everything about it. I thought it was incredible. Yeah. The 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 matte paintings mm-hmm. of the, like actually the, the, the labyrinth, the, the arcade theme park where she's first walking through. It's just like this crazy looking theme park yeah there you go Mosh just posted it I mean that is amazing and I thought that looked amazing still you know like it's a matte painting they're walking through it they have like the leviathan thing spinning I was like I could F with this like I could F with like a lot more hours of this kind of thing (laughs) Um, but yeah I I love that stuff I liked um, I like the use of the this labyrinth matte painting and all the kind of like little nods to MC Escher that they had in this as well because mm. they're the painting or the the puzzle that was the puzzle that was put together and on the wall was that MC Escher kind of was that one of his sketches and I just think it was like a fun kind of play on how his art is very puzzling but there's a puzzle made out of his art right. and you get to the mm. world and there's this incredible labyrinth painting it was just it was just Pretty interesting. I liked it. It the the way that they showed, like you could almost say it's like cost cutting. Like I don't know how expensive it is to get that matte painting and to use that kind of technology of like cutting the frames together. But like when they actually showed them on the stone at the mm-hmm. end yeah. there, like it looks like they had barely a budget. But the combination of the matte painting plus this, it almost mm-hmm. like evens it out. Like yeah, this kind of looks like you ran out of money. But the matte painting plus this, I was like, all right, you know, this this still pretty much works for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought even how they did that that whole scene of them walking up there, and then it it kind of transitions to just like close ups of them and like 
a brown wall behind them. You know, <laughs> yeah. like there's like nothing else. Yeah. It's like clearly they, you know, they, yeah, they don't have anything else the, to show. Um, the, 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 the matte painting that was like the end of the hallway that made it look like the hallway oh, yeah. kept going. Yeah. I always thought they were going to run into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I, when I rewatched Hellraiser 1, Proto, I saw the wheels on that one monster that you pointed out in our episode about how, like, that. remember the big glob monster oh, running yeah. down the hall oh. but you could see wheels underneath them? I definitely saw it this time. <laughs> Danny, what's at the top of your list? Top of my list, it has to be the most jaw, for me, the most jaw-dropping scene is when uh, Julia oh. comes back through the mattress. That bodysuit, I mean, I couldn't stop staring at it. Yeah. Like, it's... Like every facet of it was mind blowing. I like it almost didn't look. It, it had the like it had the feeling of this doesn't look fake. <laughs> like it looks so <laughs> disgusting. And like, is this what a body would look like? Deskinned, walking around. <laughs> like every time it showed the spine, like her spine going down her back, or uh, even like just the tendons on her arm and the fingers and. I think it's like my favorite part of the movie was her crawling out of like first of all grabbing the guy out of the the mattress after he's slicing himself up with the straight edge like insane seed <laughs> but her face coming through the mattress and then just kind of slopping her goop on the floor crawling after him like that the sound in that scene was insane it's just <laughs> I was, I was, my mind was blown at that suit. It really was. <laughs> Trader in chat. I can't even listen to this. Is this the worst movie series of all time? <laughs> yeah, that scene, they had to pick like the thinnest actress they could get their hands on to put that suit on to make but it did look. Did you guys, you, did, Pearl, you watched that making of. Did they show yeah. any of her getting suited up? Oh, man. Yeah. So I, I watched. Four hours of the eight-hour documentary they have you on Hellraiser one and through. two. Yeah, I, I was I was basically listening to it because the thing is, there's like no behind-the-scenes footage at oh, all. Okay. There's Damn. no there's they almost don't even like splice in any footage from the movies as you're watching it. Jeez. So it's, it's basically a podcast of like everyone <laughs> just talking about Clive Barker for four hours. Oh my god! But did they talk about that suit at all? Like how well, she got into it and. No, no, they didn't talk about that, but they did say, and I, I guess this makes sense. I didn't really think about it, but you know, they say with for actors, it's ten percent acting and then ninety percent waiting. Mm. So these guys would get dressed in like five in the morning for these Cenobite costumes or like you know anything they're using, yeah. and they're in it all day. Like they're just sitting in these suits because they can't get them in and out of them. Um, just so the thought, like, and that that suit is in yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. It really like, is incredible. Like I would watch this again just to watch that scene again. Yeah, it's just it's baffling. The, this when he's cutting his chest. Oh my god! With the knife, I wrote, "Dude, cutting himself." Goodness, Cronenberg retire. I couldn't like <laughs> believe what I was seeing, and I hadn't seen this movie again. <laughs> the part where um, it's like the shot straight down on him when he's f- like flailing about with the straight edge. Mm-hmm. He starts just like it's not cutting anymore. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. Yeah, pull back a little bit. We're not seeing the knife cut a damn thing anymore at this point. Um, that, when she puts her hand in his brain, at, excuse like, me, you know, I, I wrote in my notes: classic hand and brain move. I mean, it <laughs> goes she, right in the back of his skull. 
it was like it was like is this cake and she's like yes it's cake and she sticks her head right through the um the orange goo coming out of his mouth afterwards oh that was so foul my god i so want to lick foul. it up the the uh, scene so i watched this with amanda and i don't know if she watched the first go around with me but this time when julia has her white pantsuit on i mean Five star moment. She comes out wearing a white <laughs> pantsuit. Are you kidding me? Iconic. Um, and or actually, no, it was before that. Well, she's wearing bandages or something or after. So she's bandaged That's up. after, yeah. And, you know, you can feel that there's something between them. Shenard and Julia. Yo, yo. <laughs> they start getting closer and closer. Uh-huh. And his hands go down Stop. her rear end. <laughs> Pulls up whatever she she's got on. The and the camera is there. Like yeah, you uh-huh. see what he's trying to get at. <laughs> yes. And she has no skin. It's, she has no skin. <laughs> she has no skin. And then they start kissing. Amanda audibly goes, Oh my God. Like she could not contain herself about what was happening on screen. I mean, we could spend three hours dissecting that moment where they're kissing uh-huh. and his hands are handsy. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm getting yeah. at? Oh, I saw it. The character development of Chinard in that, in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> what a moment. What a friggin' moment. Um, we could make that scene my number when, two. When really. I saw the like, you know, the rated R at the corner with like violence, sex, nudity. Like mm-hmm. the nudity, I wasn't expecting the nudity to be skinless nudity. Skinless nudes. Hashtag. <laughs> um, let's see Berto next on your list uh, back to Chenard I, the scene where he gets taken into the to the drawer um, and becomes cenobitized mm-hmm. oh my god where he gets like strapped down there's this these like steel wires go across his face and like cut it like pie and then he gets these, I thought it looked like Slurpee transfusions where he gets like <laughs> needles on each stuff. side and there's like red and blue goo being pumped into him yeah. mm-hmm. and the door closes and, and he gets sucked down. That that whole suit, the him getting sucked in there, it was like terrifying, but it it was at that moment, it was like, it was something that was so much more than I expected from this movie. And there mm-hmm. were so many moments like that in this where I was like, what the, like, what is happening on screen? What did I just witness where I was like audibly gasping? Yeah. What was happening? That's, that's what I loved when I had first watched this as well. And I felt like I was in a vacuum because no one else was really watching along with me. I was like by myself watching Hellraiser 2. And I just couldn't believe scenes like that. Like I was talking about it last week. Can you imagine a young us seeing any form of this movie as a kid (laughs) and what kind of warp job that would do to us? Like seeing Shenard getting turned into a centipede with the rate, like the wire pushing on his face. Oh uh, my God, this, what a the, shot. The worm hand going into his brain. Like, oh my God. I wouldn't. I, what if we watch? I would mentally never recover from that <laughs> if I was a child awesome. watching this. Speaking of which, James walked in on us watching this movie at some point. Did he? <laughs> He's like, what are you watching? Uh, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I feel like this movie isn't talked about enough because of those scenes. Like me personally, well, yes, I had, a, not- I had a great time watching this. I had a lot of fun. But I mean, there's some really cool stuff in terms of like hellish gore 
that I don't know. I think it maybe deserves a, a few more props than it than it gets. Maybe I'm the sicko here. Yeah. I mean, we saw Casey well, gave it a one star. I'm trying to read the tea leaves here to mm-hmm. think about what potentially Danny thought. I don't know. I I think I love those scenes. Another thing that I loved in the way like they upped the ante was that they didn't go in the direction of like, oh, Satan's here or anything like that. But they have the Leviathan God yeah. of this dimension there. When that happened, when this thing comes on screen and it flashes like that black light over them, which felt like almost like they are having a pulse of like the most extreme pleasure and pain all at once. Mm-hmm. I like my mouth was agape. Like I couldn't believe that they put this, they wrote this into the movie. And I love, and I love like the, the, the visual of it, of like what it did. And like the way Julie was talking about it, like, this is my God. Like I loved all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what you're talking about. Did I fall asleep during that? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Danny, what's next on your list? <laughs> I have to know how, uh, Kirsty put the skin suit on. Oh, what a tra- what a transformation! <laughs> like like she first of all, Julia loses the skin. Her skin which flies is off. Incredible scene, <laughs> just an incredible moment in this film. But the idea for Kirsty to have, um, the, for her to have the idea to go get the the pile of skin wear Julia's body skin on top of her skin <laughs> right. to come and fool the, the Dr. Cenobite um, was incredible. But also I, ha- why are you wasting our time with not showing her putting this body it's, suit on? It's I like, have to see how she did this. Maybe one of the grossest <laughs> moments in the history of film. Like if you're in the moment there, she's thinking, what's, what's my options. I'm going to put on this human right. being skin yes. on my right. face. Yes. And she's covered in blood. Like at the end, covered. we're just like coming off. Like, ugh. <laughs> so metal. <laughs> I'm, I love that they don't show that because no, I, I, I like. I want to see her do it. Blown when it was her. Like I yeah. was like, Kirsty's being the skin. That like blew my mind. But uh, yeah, yeah. F- but I I want to see it. I want to see if that footage is on like the cutting room floor. Show mm. me her like. Leaning against the wall, trying to get one leg in. <laughs> Pulling to up get her the skin, skin pants. Suit on. <laughs> Shifting around. Loses her balance. She's jumping on one foot. <laughs> yes. Incredible moment. Oh, God. Anytime the skin suit ripped off like the shoulder. Mm-hmm. With the vomit. Yeah, that was gross. It was rough. My final point. Uh... I mean, I wrote in my original review that there was like a moment that was like Return of the Jedi. I was getting Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I need vibes. you to explain Boss, that. Ba- Boss Baby vibes. Um, Pinhead. I mean, first of all, Pinhead's entrance in this movie, that is sick I AF. Yeah. It's sick AF. <laughs> I think I referenced it was like Stone Cold Steve Austin's music hitting in the glass, breaking and him coming through at SummerSlam. Um, but I'm like, I'm fist pumping like, hell yeah, you guys are about to get effed up. But there's a moment where Kirsty uncovers like the origin story of Pinhead that like he was a human being the Cenobites or Leviathan did this to him and she like essentially turns the Cenobites you know in her favor against Shenard. and I thought of the Emperor scene with Vader with Luke 
like yeah. Luke making the pitch to Vader, like there's good in you. I mean, she might even <laughs> say that in the movie. She, I think she does probably. Like you were human once. You haven't always been this way. And that's the that's the Jedi scene that I got. And I was like, okay. And then they like turn. I mean, they all get effed up and die instantly. Yeah, they like screwed. they didn't do anything. <laughs> so it was Not like yet. the worst attempt. Um, but that's that was my Jedi moment. You know, like like a redemption arc for Pinhead and his Cenobites. I loved when one of the Cenobites turned out to be a kid. Like, because you get to see the oh, real yeah. form when they yeah. use the puzzle. That was pretty badass. Yeah, that was wild. And with like, they're spinning on that thing to like to reveal what the kid, what looked like. Yeah, pretty cool. I was looking for your uh, Return of the, the Jedi reference. And honestly, by the end of it, I felt like there was like three or four things that could have been said. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's this scene where at the end where they like are looking down into the labyrinth and there's like the blue lightning at the bottom in the oh, same way when the Emperor's Jesus. thrown into the pit. I was like, oh, is, is this it? Because this could totally be it too. <laughs> How amazing then, is it that there was multiple options? <laughs> yeah. Well, the first thing I saw when they first entered the dimension too, and it's Shenard and Julia walking down the hall together, there's like this green light that grows across their face where it looks like the scene of Luke uh, where he's talking God. to Vader underneath. I'm serious. He has the, she has the green light on her face. So many homages. It's unreal. I mean, is this the return of the Jedi of horror movies? Like, realistically. <laughs> at the very least, the Hellraiser franchise. Uh, Proto, uh, final point? Um, <clears throat> we hit most of my big ones. Um, I also like the scene uh, when, they, when she runs into Frank in his, oh my in God. his temple. Frank's temple. And then he, he like tells her that it was actually him. That was trying to get her to come back. It was never her dad. Um, but at the end there, where that whole temple is like lit on fire, and it it lit, it looks like Frank is standing in the middle of an inferno. I thought that looked great. That whole set piece with those bodies coming out of the drawers, that was all amazing. Yeah, his hell or like his version of hell, like those women he couldn't get his hands on. <laughs> also, how about the flashback of Frank at the wedding? Did you see that? Remember they flash back and Frank's stare at the camera like in the wedding oh. party. He's like sideways and he's looking down like this with his Psycho. weird hair. Oh my God. Iconic Frank. Danny? I love, there's a couple of things that I loved, especially at the beginning of this film. How about the, just the audacity to do a recap in a film? I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen a movie that's done a recap of their movie beforehand to start off a film. I was baffled by that and happy because I didn't go back and watch. Uh, maybe they just assume no one's going back. They to knew watch they the had viewers Thomas. like you. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get them hooked in. But also I loved having the quick little backstory of pinhead. And then it's showing real quick on how he got his like Cenobite look, mm. the nails getting nailed. Into oh his my head. God. Yeah. That segment was gnarly. I really like that segment. That was, that was cool. And I just wish there was more Pinhead because I feel like I wish there was more of the three Cenobites than the Doctor because I think the Doctor got a little goofy towards the end mm. of his kind of run. Yeah. But I really, I really wanted more of the Cenobites in this one, at least Pinhead, because I feel like he's just a badass looking character. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we haven't talked about the stop motion stuff. 
the stop the motion, motion stuff, the stop motion like tendrils from the doctor. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That one gnarly. That one looked weird. Disgusting. I don't know what what like camera trickery they tried to do, but there was like some weird phasing of the tendrils that just didn't look. I don't know where did I watch this. I think it was Shutter. I saw some people tag their. First of all, so many people tagged their reviews. Like there was th- three to four pages I had to sift through of Hellbound Two people. What of oh, uh, tagging their reviews? Seventy MM pod was amazing. Um, some people said that like the the Prime version like was crappy tr- quality, so they moved to Shutter, vice versa. So I don't know. Also, one of the versions was the uncut, which is what I ended up watching. Really? Yeah, we watched the uncut version. Do we know what the differences are, Proto, with your nine-hour documentary? They were talking about this in the um, in the Discord, and I think we watched it. I think it's like because they mentioned some scenes that I saw, so I think I watched it on Shutter too. So I think I think we probably watched the uncut. Oh, okay. Honorable mentions from me. Let's see. The the opening surgery that the doctor is doing. That person's like scalp open while he's drilling into their brain. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, you're just getting wild stuff. I like that you know that's not how they do that right away. The stretching of the skin. That I was like so that. Gr- it was so gross. Like, <laughs> like what skin on. are you even stretching there? I don't the know scalp? how that skin stretches. I, I don't know. Um, Frank on the ground next to the wall, and he's like, I'm in hell. Oh, yeah. Um, what a, what a friggin' shot. Those suits are incredible. Yeah. That person needs a raise. Also, you can see like his fingernail like breaking off as uh, he's writing uh, on the wall in blood. Stop. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> My uh, Amanda made a joke because there was like another section where they're showing clips from the first movie. And she's like jokingly said, now with 30% more footage, Hellbound, there's like barely like the first hour of the movie, I feel like half of it is flashbacks. <laughs> Come to daddy. Like there was, a, there was like a longer version used in this movie, I feel like, or slowed down or whatever. Um, children of the vortex is just a cool phrase. I wonder if that gets investigated in the other movies. How about the doctor, Steve Gutenberg, getting offed? Like, remember he like oh, investigates yeah. with Kirsty and he f- sees Julia. Oh my god, that room that Julia's eating all the patients and oh he gets killed like right away. He just he's over. Gone. I was like, man, that guy yeah, died. His quick. head is cake. Yeah. Well, I- I also love like how he sneaks into the room and he's like, all right, something's weird going on with my boss. Let me go see. And then you see a corpse come out of a mattress. (laughs) What happened to this guy in 10 minutes of like, and then at one point he's just like, I'm out. He just like goes back out the window. (laughs) I just had to click to see if it really was Steve (laughs) Gutenberg. He looks like like, Steve Gutenberg. No, he does. There's a scene where he's talking to Julia and you can see the corpse corpse that's hanging there it's shadow in between them like on the yeah. wall it was so funny um bloody mattress skin suit yeah them kissing a man a freaked um that dead body three-way in hell there was like she was like seeing that vision of um, oh yeah 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 i guess it was like dead frank alive frank and her or julia oh, going that's at what it. that was yeah like frank was like tied up that was it was crazy <sighs> Leviathan. Uh, one of them is a kid. Yeah, the the finale in general, like when Doctor Cenobite is like going after them, and he's just hanging from his skull. The backdrop, the blue backdrop, or whatever it was, the budget was, is just gone. Like some of that stuff <laughs> in the transfer on Shutter or whatever. It looks like. Ugh. 
Um, but I still loved it. Like I loved the design of him. I mean, the design of him and doing that practically in 1988, that mm-hmm. like, that's crazy to me. Like it's obviously CGI now. You're not just having this guy strung up by string or whatever attached at the skull. Also when his head gets ripped off oh and it's gosh. just like from the top of his jaw up, just dangling there. Incredible. You kidding me? Um, Five stars. I'm moving up five <laughs> oh. stars for Hellbound. <laughs> Hellraiser 2. I had an amazing Christ. time. This is this is what it's all about. You know? This is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Pardon? Mm. Uh, Don't save about, me for last. <laughs> Do you want to go? No, go for it. Um, how about when Kirsty she tastes the blood um, after... Yeah, what the... F- <laughs> she's like reading the words and then she puts it on her she finger and you're like there's no way she's gonna taste yeah. this blood and she you have does. to smell it you have to smell that amount of blood you know she licked it though insane um how about Chinar just leaving the hospital every day with one of his patients <laughs> and no one no one never is there back. any administration at this place <laughs> like what is going on like, oh, Shinar, you're just going to borrow another one of those? Bring, make, make sure to bring them back. <laughs> I thought it was funny that Julia was willing to go back into the dimension after mm. leaving. When in the first one, Frank is so set on getting out. But it's like the opposite for Julia, where she's like, no, let's go back in. It's going to be a good time. You know, she's like a willing participant. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a one moment, speaking of the budget, where... They're, they're in that long hallway and Kirsty like leans up against the wall and you can see like the wallpaper flap <laughs> yeah, of yeah. the bricks. That was great. <laughs> so the one where she gets thrown into the wall by Frank? That yeah, was one wobbles. Where, yeah, the wall just like moves <laughs> behind her. Is it cake? <laughs> I, I had a great time watching this. This reminded me when I watched, when we watched Flash Gordon. Like it oh. was like such a, a romp like over the top. I was like shouting at my TV as I was watching this. I mean, all the things we just talked about, this movie is insane. And it's not just insane in like one scene. It's insane in like 15 different scenes. Yeah. Um, I had the best time. I'm at four stars. Amazing. Amazing. Um, <laughs> it's... When she starts eating um, the bodies again, mm-hmm. or whatever she's doing, how does it grow skin back? Like, does she eat the flesh and then it fleshes onto her? Nobody knows through. how Leviathan works, really. It happens, so, it happens so fast. I was like, how does she get her skin back? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't enjoy this as much as the first one. I will say that. I think it has some incredible moments. It doesn't have. It doesn't have the moment like in the first one with the body forming in the attic. That's mm. one of the most incredible scenes I've seen in a long time. But this is fine. I didn't think this story was great. I thought it was lacking in <laughs> in a story that I really enjoyed. Uh, so I'm at three stars. It's okay. Okay. It's three good. stars. Famous. Not I'll great. That. Uh, 70 millimeter shirt. Three stars is good. Do we still hat. have that shirt for sale? Just a hat. It's just, just a hat. hat. Sorry. Famous 70 millimeter hat. Okay, Torment Tober on all cylinders right now. We have a letter I think I need to get to. Okay. 
I remembered it. Uh, you can leave us a letter, a uh, voice memo at 70mmpod at gmail.com. Subject line, greetings from Brazil. Oh. What's up, 70mm? This is Dacio from Brazil. Great podcast. You guys are hilarious, emotional, and every episode is pretty insightful. Brought tears to my eyes when you three emotionally dug into Quaron's Roma and has made me <sighs> guffaw the loudest with most of the episodes, really. What about director Mel Gibson month? Braveheart, the passion of the Christ, Apocalypto, Hacksaw Ridge. Mel is a pretty divisive guy, so I'm interested to listen to you three dig into his work as a director. What about Paul Greengrass's one with his Bourne quadrilogy? Captain Phillips, The Wrecking United 93, his classic Bloody Sunday. Paul's a personal favorite of mine. Love the podcast. Keep up the very good work. Bye. Thank you for the lovely letter. Mm. Pardo, would we ever cover the Passion of the Christ? The Passion of the Christ? I could see us covering that. I think so. This this has given me another idea, though, is okay. what if we do a month where it's uh, we do a combo where it's a an actor-director uh, combo where they've we have do one movie where they acted in it and another where they directed because Mel has done both mm-hmm. and there's many mm-hmm. others who have done both. Oh, I also just realized who the star of Passion of the Christ is. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Jim, we might get some time for Jim. We might, it might be another Jim? 20 years before we cover Passion of the Christ. You know, Mel Gibson, uh, divisive is definitely a way to put it. I probably, I mean, we covered signs. We walked delicately around the t- that movie not super interested to cover another Mel Gibson movie. I think he's he just was just cast in the Continental. Is that like the TV series that is a the John, John Wick, Wick cinematic universe? And there were some some up people that were not pleased with that. They love John Wick, and then they have to grapple with Mel Gibson in that. So I don't know. What about the Passion of the Christ two? <laughs> is there a second one? <laughs> oh God. God! He made so much money from the Passion of the Christ. Right? Like, didn't he make like $500 million the way he structured his contract for that movie? Just the way the Lord wanted it. (laughs) (laughs) I could see us doing Braveheart, though. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know about Paul Green. I'm sorry, I skipped over the Paul Greengrass. The Bourne movies, I don't know. I I don't think I've even seen a Bourne movie, to be perfectly honest. You'd know you have because you would have known you threw up watching it from the shaky cam. Oh, the shaky cam. Hmm. Uh, next week, we already have our movie picked out. It's Danny's pick. Danny, yeah, what yeah, movie yeah, yeah, are yeah. we doing next? It's an old one. It's some old Mario Bava, Black Sabbath, Anthology, Technicolor. We're going back. We I don't go know back. what year. 63. 63. Three short tales of supernatural horror. That's all I'm going to say. It's streaming on... That's all you need to say. The Holy Trinity, Tubi, Canopy, Plex. Probably on the other ones. Any freebies you need to fire up while you're at work and you want to kill time, there you go. Mm. Mario Bava. Have I ever seen a Mario Bava? Have you ever seen a Bava? I don't know if I've ever seen a Bava. I haven't seen a Bava. Bava sounds like a type of bread from a foreign country. Bava bread. Yeah. Baklava. I I haven't seen a Bava either. 
Zero yeah, baklava, maybe. Is baklava bread? I thought that was meat. It's like a sweet. It's like a pastry. Oh. Pastry from pastry meat. Turkey? I don't know where it's from. We'll get the interns to confirm the location of that. All right, so that's next week. Proto, any closing thoughts for Tormentober week one? Well, I was just thinking, this this Black Sabbath, you know what looks good to me? Talk to Sit us. down, maybe Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, kids are occupied, put on Black Sabbath, <laughs> open up a pumpkin lager. Oh my gosh. Am I getting a pumpkin? There's nothing like sitting down with a beer on the weekend, watching a anthology? Are you kidding me? That might be my plan. Who's with me? Windows open. Who's with me? <laughs> Sounds like Fredo was signing off a four-hour radio shift at four <laughs> o'clock, and he's calling it a day. Uh, we'll see everybody next week for Black Sabbath. Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pert Alexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. And music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Mm-hmm.